Lecture topic: Safety from fitna. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salam ala ibadihi al-ladina istafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين لا شريك له وبذلك أمرت وأنا أول المسلمين صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters As the days go by, we keep hearing about things which we never heard before. We keep hearing things that were unimaginable. Over time, as the days go past, such fitnas come about which Prior to this, the things that could not have been imagined. This is all something that has been clearly mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that a time will come when fitnas will abound upon the Ummah in such a way that like the strings, uh, the, the, the beads of his string of beads, like a tasbih, when the string has been cut at some point, and the beads start falling. So as the beads fall one after the other, that is how the fitnas would come one after the other. We are living in the time of fitna, and we are living in the time of great challenges. It's also mentioned in the Hadith Sharif regarding these fitnas, that every fitna that will come, the one before it will seem like it was Comparatively speaking, it was nothing. It will seem like that was a small thing. This is a very, very serious and severe thing that has happened. It's not that the one previously was not a major issue, but comparatively that might seem nothing much. But then when the third one comes, the second one will look nothing compared to the third one. Can we imagine now how much more severe it keeps getting? as the days go by. Now, these are halat and conditions which are on a global scale throughout the world. There are so many different issues, so many different fitnas, so many challenges, challenges on iman itself, challenges on akhlaq, challenges to day-to-day life, in every way there is something or the other. So now the question is, that these things that are happening on a global level, much of it is beyond our control. We don't have any control over these things, people who are pushing these agendas into the world, people who are trying to corrupt the society, who are using all kinds of methods to try and corrupt the minds and hearts of young children in schools, wherever they are, through the media. These are ongoing issues. 
So the question might be that we don't have control over these things. It's happening from here, there and the other. People from different parts of the world are conspiring to do these kind of things. So the fitna is there and it's beyond our control. So the fitna coming might be beyond our control and it might not be in our capacity to be able to do something to change it throughout the world in one instance but we definitely have been given a capacity to protect ourselves and that is the crucial part what are we doing to protect ourselves from all the fitnas that are abounding the fitnas that are coming from every direction so that is within our capacity that is something we can do I'm just taking a very broad example, a very broad example as young people, as students, this might not even apply to you fully now. You might not have any idea that why this is done in that manner or, or that you didn't have any part in any of this at any time. So why is this being discussed here? But the purpose is just an example and at the same time a lesson that we will very soon be in a similar position where we will have to make decisions in this regard. So now which direction we go in? So now we are talking about fitnas and all kinds of issues. So let's just take a broad example of a nikah, a wedding, a nikah. So what is the fitna that has set into so many of these functions? whether it's locally, whether it's other parts of the world, these are things which are really gripping the Ummah. Now, there's a kind of mindset that gets developed. People start thinking in a certain way. Everybody feels they have to do this now in this manner. So that's what's going on throughout the world. we got no control over that. But do we not have any control about what do we do in our own homes? Do we have no control over what we want to do in our own nikah someday? Now, this is the tragedy that we talk about, well, you know, this is something beyond our control, but what's in our control? We are also going in the same direction. This is a very, very heartbreaking line, and I won't mention the name, but it comes from a Muslim society, Muslim community, one person proposed to get married, proposed marriage to somebody through the channels via the parents and families and so on. It was normal procedure. And unfortunately, these things also, it has to be spelt out that this was a normal procedure because the abnormal procedure is becoming the so-called normal. They're also part of the fitna that the normal procedure is that parents, families, they will communicate, they will discuss whatever they need to, then the next step will be taken and whatever processes have to be undertaken will be then done. Uh, if things work out, then that will be communicated to the family parties again and things will go ahead. So that's the normal procedure. And the abnormal procedure which has become now the norm, so to say, 
that somebody now decides suddenly out of the blue, they inform the parent, I either it is that I will be getting married to so and so, or I want to get married to so and so, it's already done, it's just now I want to go ahead now. So now this become the so called norm. This is becoming the standard. Whereas this is abnormal, it's not normal. This is the abnormal procedure. It is against often the number of things that happen against Shariat in it. And then it's against Haya and etiquette as well. So in any case, coming back to what we were discussing, that this is something coming out from a Muslim society. A person now had community, he had proposed marriage. So everything else was in place. The boy's character and his uh, whatever things of importance that they felt needed to be checked out was all in place. They were happy. But then the girl had one condition. That look, if things work out, then meaning if he's going to propose and uh, she's going to accept, if everything works out, then the marriage, the nikah must take place, the wedding must take place in a certain way. And in that certain way, what she was asking for is, there's going to be music, there's going to be certain, uh, like a band that's going to be invited, or well, hired or whatever, and uh, some singer would be also part of the whole function, meaning singer, some non-Muslim singer from somewhere, some shaitani person, that shaitani person is going to be invited into this uh, function to come and sing, and obviously sing, Allah knows best what, kinds of all kinds of fitna, now she put this as a precondition. Now the person got a shock because obviously he was somebody conscious of deen. So he expected that the family had deen as a priority in their lives and therefore this girl would also have deen as a priority in her life. And now suddenly out of the blue when this came out, he was shocked. So when, and in one way he felt very relieved that it came out at this point. Though this is not a good thing to say, he felt relieved it came, because it should never have come anywhere, neither initially or later. But if this was going to surface sooner or later, he was happy it surfaced now. So he knows where he stands. He knows what kind of person he is uh, now considering. So the story came, no, this is my dream from a long time. This is my dream, subhanallah. Now, this is what we're talking about fitna. Fitna is where things become subverted. What was once upon a time the right thing to do, that becomes wrong. In the minds of people obviously, not in reality. In reality what is right is right, what is wrong is wrong. But what people also had accepted that this is the right thing to do. Which is the correct thing to do, what Allah has commanded us to do. But in time that starts becoming subverted people start regarding that Na'uzubillah as the wrong thing to do. And what is the wrong thing to do in the minds of people, in the lives of people, in their practice, that starts becoming the right thing to do. This is called fitna. This is what has been mentioned in one hadith, in one narration of Huzaifa says that something you, meaning people in general, had once upon a time all been aware this is haram. Now they start regarding that same haram as halal. That is fitna. That means fitna has overtaken. Fitna has engulfed. Now, 
this person is saying that this was her dream from years, dream. Now this for a mu'min is not a dream, it's a nightmare. But the nightmare has become a dream. Now that's fitna. That a nightmare has become a dream. Like can we imagine somebody is seeing some nightmares. What kind of nightmares? Every time they go into sleep, people get very, very uh, anxious and very perturbed. and They become even sick that they every day is seeing some nightmare. They wake up in shock. Somebody is chasing them with a knife. Somebody is about to kill them. Now, this is a nightmare. It shocks a person. A person wakes up and is really now afraid and shocked. Now, can we imagine a person is having this kind of nightmare one day, two days, three days. Somebody is about to kill him. Somebody is about to stab him. Then gradually he starts looking forward to seeing a dream like this. Can we imagine it? The person now is hoping now. He sees a dream now. Somebody is going to now be chasing him and trying to kill him. And maybe even stabbed. Well, that, that's a nightmare is a nightmare. But now that's what has happened in, live, in, in real life. That the nightmares are being looked forward to. For a mu'min that's a nightmare. That's especially such a sacred occasion such a blessed occasion, an occasion of ibadat, nikah is a great ibadat, it's a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And now that is being looked forward to as a night, in the form of a nightmare. In other words, all the sin, the vice, the evils, all this must take place here. That is now the dream. And coming from a background where there's some consciousness of deen. So what is very clear is how this fitna engulfs. How it engulfs a person, person doesn't even know from where to where he's gone. Doesn't even realize what a shift has happened. And this becomes the very severe situation thereafter. Recently somebody mentioned in one place, person coming from a family, very very dini conscious family. Very dini conscious family involved in dini uh, work and so on. But now that son of that family, he went to study in somewhere else, and now he has gone into a completely different, completely animal lifestyle. And he is now openly declaring this lifestyle of his, that this is how he is living, this is who he is, and he is feeling so-called very proud of himself, that he had the guts and the courage to come out in the open, and to spell out that this is his lifestyle. Now, And he is feeling that he is doing nothing wrong. Now this is the height of fitna. That a person, for example, is eating completely decayed food, is eating that thing, it's, it's, it's rotten, it's, the smell is nauseating to the extreme, it is full of worms and maggots and whatnot, and he's eating it and he's believing he's eating something very wholesome. He's believing that this is excellent, Nauzubillah. Now, that is exactly what the situation has become. That people are getting caught up in fitna and getting caught up in fitna in such a way that one is the fitna of the evil action, then is the fitna of then regarding that evil, one is one step is that not evil. So it's evil but being regarded that this is not evil. So that's already one very severe fitna on top of that. And then worse than that, that that evil is then na'uzubillah regarded as good. Subhanallah. Way to where people have been caught up in this, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. But now this is the question that one is what is going on in far parts of the world or whether in our own country, around us. 
much of it might be beyond our control. We are unable to do something about that. Though we are all able to do some things, some things are in our capacity regardless of who we are, where we are. For example, one extremely important aspect and a very, very great aspect, very effective, which is sincere dua and dua in our private moments. Nobody is away, we are sitting in our home, quietly, we woke up at night or at any time and we raised our hands, turned to Allah Ta'ala, made dua, dua for ourselves, for the protection of our iman and for the entire ummah or any time for that matter, but especially the moments that we could have done it as well in complete solitude. And when there are people around too, it doesn't matter, we still carry on making those, those times available for dedicating to dua. So how much are we doing to help the ummah via dua? Begging Allah Ta'ala's help, Allah Ta'ala protect the ummah from all kinds of harm, protect the ummah from this fasad, from this fitna, protect the ummah from all kinds of calamities, calamities that are attacking the iman, attacking the akhlaq, attacking everything. So dua we all can make, who can ever have an excuse from making dua? If a person is so sick he can't raise his hands, dua is still something that happens directly from the heart, talking to Allah Ta'ala. There is not even a word spoken meaning audibly, there was no movement of the tongue also in speaking something, but the heart was talking directly to Allah Ta'ala, that's dua also, and that's a very effective dua. Now what excuse we have for not making dua? There's no excuse. Every one of us can make dua, and can help the ummah through this dua. Now if there's so many things that we are facing as a community, as an ummah, and if we spread this message, we do it ourselves and we start spreading this message so we got 10 people to start also doing it and with 50 other people who got 10 people each to get make a time in their day daily for dua so already that is 500 people and if those 500 people each one gets what few people more in a short time it will be thousands of people that have dedicated some time daily for dua daily very earnest dua why won't we see then the benefits of this? Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us, even in the midst of crisis, in the midst of hardships and calamities, we are more interested in the news than in dua. We are more interested in knowing what happened, rather than making dua and begging Allah Ta'ala's help, that the difficulty be uplifted, Allah Ta'ala's protection be with us in the future, but we will spend hours on the news and hardly minutes on dua. Now, what a tragedy this is. This itself is a great fitna. News becomes a fitna. That it takes away the time of dua also. One is that news which is not infringing on any other aspect. is not crossing the line of deen. is not causing any other issue. That too, beyond a certain limit, becomes fitna. And then if that news entails other issues, there's some sins that are coming in between. person is looking at non mahrams there now, he said, no, this was a news clip. But now what is he looking at? And what sometimes is music in the background, whatever other things, can that be permissible? So now this is fitna as well, that news becomes fitna. And that news takes a person's mind in so many different ways, and that becomes a big fitna. So, 
The thing is, one is we all can make dua. And then the second thing is, though what is happening out there may not be in our capacity to change anything as much as we would like to, but we can make changes, number one, to start off with, in ourselves. We can make changes for the better in ourselves. That Allah Ta'ala has given each one the capacity for. Nobody is deprived of that capacity. We have it. But if a person doesn't use that courage, doesn't use that spiritual capacity, then like anything else, any physical ability, if a person doesn't use it, it gradually starts deteriorating. It starts withering away. A person doesn't walk at all. After one week, two weeks, three weeks, he can't walk. His muscles wasted away. I was walking daily. He wasn't realizing how much it was helping to exercise those muscles. And it keeps the momentum. But now he got sick or whatever. Three weeks, four weeks, the person was not unable to walk. He was in bed. Now to get him to walk, they have to bring physiotherapists and give him a lot of physiotherapy because no, those muscles need to be reactivated. It's gone like dead. So the same thing happens here when the spiritual ability and capacity which Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, when that is not used correctly, it's not exercised as we may call it, it starts weakening and weakening even more. And now we think we don't have any ability to stay away from haram. We don't have the courage to refrain from the sins. It's not we don't have it, we have it. But we have weakened it by neglecting it, by not using that courage. So now one will have to put some pressure on the nafs, take direction and guidance from somebody, how to go about it, and to pressurize the nafs and strengthen the spiritual self. Then that courage now becomes easy to undertake. So the fitna that is abounding, we may not be able to do much about what's going on outside, but we can do something for ourselves, we can protect ourselves, we can bring change to ourselves. Then, within our homes, there's so many things we can do. One is, by preventing things that are bringing in fitna. We help to stop that coming in. Whether it is via the some magazines, whether it is some news, whether it is some other media, social media, whatever it might be, so we block these things off. And if it's somebody else in the home, then in a nice way we encourage them that look, this is bringing fitna into the home. We need to stop all this. In a nice way, we don't get into any argument with anybody, we don't get into any debate with anyone, but we encourage. We encourage others, Allah will give us the strength as well. Allah will increase the ability for us. So one is to stop and block those things that bring fitna. And the other is to strengthen oneself personally. To strengthen one's iman. How that will happen? For example, the talim in the home. The regular talim in the home. Encouraging all our parents, our siblings, whoever. Who's generally in the home. We encourage all to participate. And we make an effort on our iman. We bring the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Then daily zikr. Tasbihat, Tilawat of the Quran Sharif. All this becomes a very great protection and becomes a very great safety and safeguard from the fitnas. So now we can perhaps not do much outside for what's going on outside to turn the tide, but we can 
do a tremendously great amount from inside. Dua is a tremendously great aspect. It may not be visible to us, but the effect of dua is very great. Sincerely we make dua, we avoid anything that becomes a hindrance and barrier in the acceptance of the dua. We have discussed this on some occasion previously, inshallah we will discuss again. So we doing what we have to do, Allah Ta'ala's will, His Qudrat, Allah will make things easy. So one is dua, the other is staying away from those things that become fitna, and also making an effort to improve our iman. So apart from the talim, we spoke about tasbihat and tilawat. This is not just something by the way. It's an extremely important aspect. We need to become very conscious about doing our tasbihat, tilawat daily. These things don't uh, or are not realized immediately what this is doing. Just to understand it from an example that we have taken many times, a person eats a full meal, a person had lunch. Now because we are eating the whole day, a very solid breakfast, person is not even yet hungry and they eating lunch. So it becomes more eating for the sake of enjoyment. We do, our mind also doesn't go towards nourishment. Because we just take that for granted. Because that is happening, we've got so much to eat. So we don't even think about it as food for nourishment. Yes, now a person starts feeling a little bit hungry, then we eat again. And often we're eating when we're not even hungry yet. So food has become more as a kind of enjoyment issue. Nobody says must not enjoy the food. Allah Ta'ala's na'mat. And if it could be presented, prepared, presented in a way that it is better, more enjoyable, by all means, make more shukr of Allah Ta'ala. But... When a person has consumed that food, he is not conscious about the nourishment that this gave him. Whereas that food has nourished him, it brought strength into his limbs and organs, it's brought strength to his eyes, he can continue seeing now, to his ears, his hearing, to his hands, feet. So now it's that nourishment. But he will realize that, Allah forbid, if there's a situation suddenly, that there is now no water available, and he needs to drink some water, He's thirsty, he's parched. But there is no water available, let alone any water for free. He can't even buy it. Not available. And Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah protect us. These kind of situations have already been met. Many have faced these things. We have seen this. What were things we could not imagine? It was beyond our wildest imagination something like this can happen. It happened already. Then the person starts becoming conscious of this ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. person hasn't eaten bread. Now he's now looking around here, there, where he can find some bread to buy. He says, no, money will not buy it. He can bring all the money, is not available. Now somebody is handing nevertheless some loaves of bread for free. So now this millionaire also has to go and stand in the queue for that one loaf of bread. Now his eyes opens out, what a great ni'mat this is. He thought, my money buys it. Bread comes with my money. But now where it went? So now the person's realization comes to him. So the thing we were talking about is that when a person now exercises, when, when he's engaging himself in these amal and he's spiritually strengthening himself, now he will realize these na'mats of Allah Ta'ala and he will make an effort to protect his iman. So 
We need to start becoming very conscious of all this. We need to start becoming very punctual on all the amal. We need to start protecting our iman. This is not a casual time. This is not a time to now just take life for granted. Because the fitnas are sweeping like tsunamis. And if we don't become conscious of this, Allah forbid where we will finish off. We need to protect ourselves. As I said, we may not be able to do something elsewhere. We can do a lot for ourselves. We can do a lot for our families. We can do a lot for people around us. By ourselves practicing on the things we've discussed and spreading this message and encouraging others as well. Inshallah, in this way, we will see tremendous benefit. These are things that are very important, very serious. It's not just on a general encouragement level now. Now this is imperative. It's like an alarm bell ringing that we need to take note we need to become very conscious. We need to protect ourselves. We need to speak about the Mubarak lifestyle of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his haya, his simplicity, his modesty, his approach to life. What kind of approach he had to life? The dunya was never in his focus at all. His focus was akhirat. Mali walid dunya ma ana illa karaki bin istawalla tahta shajaratin thumma rahafa tarakaha. What do I have to do with dunya? My example is like a traveler. He came, he stopped under at sea for a while and then he moved on. When a person is going to sit under at sea for a while just to take a small rest, he is not thinking about bringing the whole world around him there. He has got a journey to now cover. He has got to move on. So he's taken a rest and he's gone. Nabi Islam gives that example for himself. What's, what do I have to do with the dunya aspect? My life in dunya is like a traveler's little while under the tree and then he's moved on. So he's worried about his destination. And he's hopeful for all the good at the destination. Rasulullah he was obviously masoom and sinless. This is the message he gave us. This is what will become the safety of fitna, the focus of our hearts and minds. How to please Allah Ta'ala. Don't worry about all the other things. That, that focusing our minds on dunya. Whatever is meant for us will come. What effort we have to make, we'll make the effort. But that's not where to put our hearts in. Our hearts towards Allah Ta'ala. That's where our focus should be. So, inshallah, if we start doing something for ourselves, Allah Ta'ala will use us to help others also. We start making dua for them, Allah will use us to do more than dua also for them. Dua is nevertheless extremely easy, extremely important as well. We should make a time slot daily for dua and beg for ourselves, our families, and the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. May Allah Taala keep us, our families, our progeny till qiyamah, safe from every fitna. Allah Taala protect each one's iman and amal. Allah Taala keep all, give, grant all istiqamat on Deen. Allah Taala bless with every khair and barakat and keep it afiyat. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Allahumma lak alhamdu kulluhu wa lak shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم 
ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين